Welcome to YXC, a hyperlocal microcast with another magic hyperlocal microcast right beside it. Welcome to YXC. What are we? Uh, what are? <laughs> thank, thank you. You're always, you're always welcoming the listeners. Yes, welcome listeners <laughs> as well. Welcome, Steph, to your podcast. <laughs> I love being welcome to my own podcast. <laughs> what's uh, what's what's the plan for today? What are we? What are we talking about this week? What mystery are we investigating? So this mystery was sort of introduced to us by a super fan, friend of the show and friend of ours. Uh, and it's a mysterious place called Factoria. Sounds cool. Yeah, Factoria. It's the coolest, it's like, it's the coolest word I've ever heard. So Sarah, as the, you know, resident Saskatoonian local expert. Just by way of having been here for quite some time. Yes, maybe being the longest resident between the two of us. No, tell me... Tell me what you think of when you think of Saskatoon's North End. So when I think about the North End, residentially, I think about like, growing up, I thought of that as the suburbs. I was like, this is where the fancy houses are. And this is new. It's like new fancy houses. There's also, I guess, more like the North Industrial End. And I don't know what I really have to say about that, except it's like, where you go if you need like a discount rug, or like if your dad needed a stereo system for his car when you were growing up, or you needed like a lot of eggs, like you needed like an industrial or commercial number of eggs, or like, I don't know, 70 loaves of bread to go to like the McGavin's outlet. These are, this is a very impressionistic uh, yeah, I like it. meander down memory lane. But for me, the, the North End are those two things. I'm trying to think if there are any other... Other things to add. Oh, and of course, yeah. Lawson Heights Mall. I think of Lawson Heights Mall as well. My The preferred mall of my youth. Any like neighborhoods come to mind when you think of the North End? When So for me, like River Heights, Silverwood Heights, aka Silverwood. Yeah. Yeah. So Silverwood Heights actually figures quite prominently, or the word, the name Silverwood Heights anyway, in this little Victoria story, which was a bit of a surprise to me because it does sound like a suburb name, but not the case. Uh-huh. Shocked? <laughs> yeah. Um, That's the hook. Listeners are hooked. So having gone on this sort of meandering reminiscence of what I think of when I think of the North End, and having also said that our episode today is about Factoria, I have literally no idea what Factoria is. All I know about it is that, like, I think since growing up, it was this sort of like lore that there was this place or this place to be called Factoria that didn't come to fruition. And it was one of those things, it's like such a distant memory that you're like, was that real? Or did I make that up? Or like, is that a real, a real story of an actual place? And like, I think it is, but I know nothing other than the image that it evokes, like Factoria, like a sort of like into the future kind of weird modern place. But when I really think about it, I have absolutely no idea what it is. What the hell is Factoria? Okay, so I did a little bit of like internet sleuthing just to see what the kind of prominent narrative, what 
what like common knowledge, I guess, maybe would be on Factoria. And here are the known knowns on Factoria. Okay, so as far as I understand it, the roots of this place are sort of an aspirational area, settlement perhaps, um, built around a water bottling factory. Owned and operated by, uh, by a man named Billy Silverwood. That's a sweet name. Somewhere along the line, he hooks up with another man with an equally fun name, Frank Glass. Silver and Glass, name of my fantasy series. So, I mean, obviously, Silverwood is a precursor to the Silverwood Heights neighborhood. It um, never so occurred to me that that was named after a person. Like, I think I assumed it was sort of like Willow Grove or Meadow Green. I thought it was like a landscape name, not a person's last 100%. name. That's shocking right? to me. So these two got together to create something called a magic city. Very aspirational. Okay. <laughs> Somehow this thing did not go according to plan. It sounds totally reasonable. Magic City. Something like that. That's probably how people said it, right? I think so. There was a cholera epidemic around it, apparently. It's completely new to me. So there's a cholera epidemic in Saskatoon. And yeah. to fix it, water bottling plant Magic City. Uh... Yeah, slash the water bottling plant slash utopia. Yeah. You know, what all. Dome over downtown. It's part of a long tradition of <laughs> great uh, ideas that have come fully to fruition. And I don't know when it failed, <laughs> but apparently it did. <laughs> and was, okay, so, and I know this is, we'll, we'll obviously get into this with our special guest, the ghost of Billy Silverwood. When I picture Factoria, I picture it as sort of like super modern industrial park with floating cars. Um, like I, I picture it sort of like that kind of industry but I, but I think that's literally just because of the name. Was Factoria supposed to be a, like a city city, like for people to to live in? And why did they need a second city if they were was already the one non magic city? Okay, I I can answer none of these questions except you know <laughs> to pose another question, and that is if your first city is not magic, why not have a magic city right next to it? Like people are going to come to that magic city. Huge touche. Uh, that's very true. They're like, oh shit, this one we built it not magic. That was a big mistake. the mystery. I feel like the whole the whole thing is a mystery. What are we gonna what are we gonna investigate here? What's Factoria? <laughs> In thinking about this episode, I asked a friend if he remembered anything about Factoria or knew anything about it. He's also from Saskatoon. And he mentioned that there was a like just made very broad mention of a stairway to nowhere. That's I'm curious. I'm very curious about that. Location stairs to nowhere. Yeah. Um, I want to know what was what's with the magic. What was meant to be magic about the magic city? Mm-hmm. I want more facts on Factoria. Factoria. My more boring question that I have is: there's a lot going on nationally and regionally to contextualize this, I guess, and I'm really curious about that. That. Mm-hmm. Um, both for like the aspirations and beginnings of this place and. Uh, likely why it failed i'm not sure so wondering totally that's true and i never even think of saskatoon like i guess i i almost think of saskatoon not ahistorically but i only think of its history in the very local context i don't think about saskatoon as having a history like i don't think i've ever thought about saskatoon between the wars in my life i don't think of it in the context of like global history um yeah 
in any way. So yeah, I think- very, yeah, I, I wouldn't have even thought that that sort of that impulse that like modernizing magical ising impulse would would have been here. So that's super interesting. I think that's like the dominant historical narrative that we're kind of told about Saskatoon is like we are supposed to uh, digest it in this local context uh, in the way that it's told to us through where however we're kind of accessing it. So like, why am I just only vaguely aware that there was this weird thing? I'm curious if I'm like, if I'm unique in not knowing about it, or am I unique in knowing anything about it at all? Yeah, that's actually an excellent mystery to get to the bottom of why, why isn't this more part of our kind of what are they hiding there's something we need to get to the bottom of there's a secret here so if you had to guess the answer to one or all of these uh mysteries got anything what was that water bottle baron thinking i don't know what would you what would you guess in my imagination the Magic City label came from uh, the fact that one or both of these founders were really into tricks or illusions. And somebody stole their illusions. And that's why Magic City was no more. Failed. Stolen illusions. Gone. Much like the failed career of um, one of the prop bros. They had, to, they had to go elsewhere. Wait, one of who? Make their dreams come true. Um, one of the property brothers was a magician, <laughs> and he had his tricks. He had his tricks stolen. Wait, do you mean like and the show, The Property Brothers? Hundred percent. And then he eventually fell into reality TV. I'm having trouble hazarding any guesses, even if I had to guess, which I do. This is such a, this is like a surprising history to me. I would say that Factoria came and went, um, but that the sort of core, physically and spiritually, was in the old Zellers restaurant in the Lawson Heights Mall Zellers, RIP. Zeddy was the physical embodiment of Billy Silverwood throughout the 70s, 80s, and 90s. And I don't know what's going on at that mall now, but I don't know, I think it... (laughs) I'm going to assume that the epicenter of Factoria was, um, yeah, somewhere between the sort of like ramekins of cottage cheese in the display case and, I don't know, the cash register? Lawson Heights Mall, keeping the magic of Magic City alive. I can't wait to find out more. I'm excited. Me too. I feel like I'm going to be learning about something that I should have known about all along. We're here with our guest today to reveal all the... um, want to know and more about the magic city about the magic city of factoria i'm katie hannah um i've lived in saskatoon for about almost 20 years now and i am currently a curatorial assistant at the western development museum um, where i'm doing a bunch of research and writing and rewriting for the galleries rewriting history yes (laughs) that's what we're here to do yeah, <laughs> we're here to erase history and rewrite it. I I am really excited to talk about 
this and to have you here, Katie, because I like I know so little about Factoria. I just know it sort of as like a swirling word in my mind. Like I know that there was something sort of called Factoria, maybe. I wasn't even totally sure about that. If maybe we should get started with just kind of like the broadest question, which is can you tell us a bit about what Factoria was? Yeah. So Factoria was basically uh just before the First World War, um, a big prospecting city or town or village or area uh, just north of what is what was then Saskatoon. Um, it's since been incorporated into Saskatoon. But basically from 1909, kind of, until the start of the First World War, there was this huge boom. Um, everyone was kind of betting on this being the next big thing. Uh, lots of manufacturing there, and it was a very quick boom and then bust. Was it a place for people to live, or was it uh, like sort of more um, of an industrial park kind of thing? It was more industrial. Um, it was never, to my knowledge, officially incorporated. There were plans to incorporate it as a village so they could have a post office and a school. Um, but from what I read, that never happened. Um, I don't think there were many people living out there. There was a hotel with like 66 rooms, but it, it seems to me to have been mostly industrial. So can you tell us like, <clears throat> what was the buildup to all of this? Can you give us a, billow, a brief history of that? Yeah. So um, basically starting in the late 1800s up until around the Factoria era in like 1910 to 1914, there weren't a lot of sanitation laws or regulations in Saskatoon. Uh, so typhoid fever, there would be outbreaks every single summer. Wells were being contaminated with in a, improperly disposed of uh, sewage or trash. Um, so between 1906 and 1910, there were an average of 100 cases of typhoid fever each summer. Um, to put that in a bit of context, um, in 1906, Saskatoon's population was 3,000. In 1911, it was 12,000. So basically, people were getting sick every summer because their wells were being contaminated by, by sewage and trash. So the city hired a man named Dr. W.J. McKay to be a medical health officer in 1910. And he drafted a bunch of bylaws to try to address this problem. He got the ball rolling on building the first water treatment plant for Saskatoon. And that plant was built by 1913. But while this was going on, there was this guy named William Alexander, or Billy Silverwood, um, who is a livestock dealer from Ontario who moved to Saskatchewan around 1907. And he purchased land just north of Saskatoon in what is now Silverwood Heights in 1909. So we have some poopy water, people's, people's drinking poopy water, getting sick. Uh, and then the city hires... A <laughs> a uh, chief medical health officer to clean up the water. I want to know, were there any freedom rallies to uh, protest people's, the treatment of people's water? <laughs> exactly. Don't tread <laughs> on me. Poop in my water, like uh, God Poop intended. Water um, I have not come across anything where anyone was upset with the idea of having clean drinking water. Those are the days, but, hey? <laughs> right? Like, let's not die of disease. What a concept. Ridiculous. So we got Billy Silverwood buying this farm. Yeah. So uh, take us through what happens next. So um, in 1909, he buys 
a parcel of land. And then in 1910, he buys a bigger parcel um, that has this spring on it. And he buys it with his nephew, Clarence uh, Rootley, uh, with the plan to bottle and sell this water. Because he knows that Saskatoon does not have access to consistently clean drinking water. So this is kind of his get-rich-quick scheme. They sold 120,000 gallons, which is 454,250 liters of their bottled spring water every year. We have in the WDM collection uh, some photographs and lots of these bottles and the labels. There were there was ginger ale being produced there too. We have ginger ale bottles that are labeled Silverwood. Or, yeah, Silverwood Springs. That was actually a question that or something I was really yeah. curious about was what were these, what were the bottles like? Like, were they sort of like Culligan type bottles, like big bottles, or were they like Dasani bottles, like little bottles? Um, they were littler based on what we have in our collection, at least. Um, they're, I would guess, maybe like one liter, kind of like a wine bottle shape in size. Oh, interesting. Do you know where, yeah. Do you know where they were coming from? I don't know where the bottles themselves came from. I do know that they were bottling the spring there. They did have that manufacturing system up. I actually have no idea where these bottles were coming from. Hmm. I Curious. definitely think of bottled water as like tr- like purely modern kind of thing. It's really interesting to hear about old timey bottled water. I never would have. I never would have thought that that would exist. So he came here to raise cattle specifically, and then ended up realizing that he could branch out and diversify is this what i'm hearing or did he have water bottling aspirations when here um so he came to saskatchewan as a livestock dealer uh he seems to have focused more on horses but he did have some cattle um he had a barn in downtown saskatoon um on second ave um and that seems to have been his main business and this was a little side venture. Silverwood began to run into a few little problems though. Um, in 1911, around then, he built a giant barn on the land. Um, it was 72 meters long and could house 400 animals. And he kind of foolishly, I have no idea why he did this, but he built the barn on a hill right above the spring. Oh no! Oh, Poop water! No! So by basically, yeah. So by 1912, there was runoff from this barn, wastewater running into his nice fresh spring, and then he was bottling the water. So in 1913, there were three cases of typhoid um, traced back to his spring. No, no uh, the whole no. point was the no poop. <laughs> I'm clutching my head. Um, no one died of typhoid that was traced back to his spring. Right, but I. There's a little bit of bad publicity there. That's, uh, yeah, <laughs> I feel like extending the COVID metaphor even further, they took a personal responsibility approach to bottling your poop water, whereas probably stricter public health measures were in order. <laughs> Just to insert that in there. Um, Saskatoon has a water treatment plant running by then. So that combined with now you've contaminated your pure water source um, really kind of spelled the end of the very short-lived Silverwood Springs uh, bottling company. How did this water bottling factory, how do we get from water bottling factory to Factoria, the magic city? Um, So basically at the same time, all this was happening in the fall of 1912, there's this Chicago speculator named R.E. Glass 
who wants to build a brewery near Saskatoon. And he figures out there's a spring with fresh water. There's already a bottling plant there. This is an amazing place to build a brewery. Um, so he approached Silverwood and asked if he could buy some of the land. He only wanted 80 acres, but Silverwood insisted on selling only in a 470-acre plot. Uh, so Glass agreed. He bought 470 acres from Silverwood. And then uh, he sub he kept what he needed. He subdivided the rest and sold it at a profit. Um, and this is the beginning of Factoria. So um, Glass subdivided his 470 acres into small kind of almost residential sized plots. And he really marketed it as being good for industry. Um, the natural resources around it, of course, there was fresh water. Um, and then there was clay, sand and limestone. Um, so those all attracted businesses, especially things like there was a brick maker who started up there because perfect ingredients for bricks were up there. Mm -hmm. The brewery that Glass wanted to start never came into existence. Uh, I haven't been able to find out why. It's possible that by the time he got into, okay, let's start this brewery, um, the water was contaminated by then. That's kind of my theory based on what I've read. So basically... From here, um, 1912 to 1914, there's a boom. By 1913, there's tons of different businesses and manufacturing spaces. There's a flour mill, a farm implement manufacturer, a brick-making company, the 66-room hotel I talked about, um, and a restaurant. By this point, there's a CNR line uh, connecting Saskatoon to Factoria. And there were strong discussions going on about incorporating Factoria so that they can have a school and a post office and other municipal services. And at what point is it named Factoria? Like, when does that? Um, it sounds like by 1912, um, Glass was advertising this as Factoria. And where, like, physically in terms of its footprint, and if it's just the Silverwood neighborhood that makes sense but where in terms of its footprint like if you were to plop it down on on present day Saskatoon are there any landmarks or anything that we could sort of think about that would be in the Factoria zone um I can't think of any specific landmarks but basically the Silverwood Heights neighborhood right um and then we do have the uh the foundations of Silverwood's barn are still in existence uh, and you can go see them. They're at the end of um, Edelman Drive, where it meets with the Miwasan Trail. Sorry. So when does the this like Magic City kind of label get put into place, or how does that tie into this Factoria story? The Magic City was also an advertising scheme. So they took out ads in newspapers advertising Factoria, the Magic City. And that, that's where this name comes in, is it's it's a marketing strategy. And so where were they advertising? Like where, which newspapers and areas? Um, that is an excellent question. I know they were advertising um, definitely out east in Canada, so kind of Ontario for sure. Um, and I think Glass did advertise in the States around Chicago as well, because that was kind of his home stomping grounds. But I, I couldn't give you exact names of newspapers at this point. I think even in Saskatoon, they were advertising. Do you have any idea where, like, where people were coming from who were establishing these different industries? Like, do you know where the, say, the brick 
guy from or the hotel gal or whatever. <laughs> yes. I do know that I think the 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 farm implement manufacturer was a, a prairie-based business. This lasting business was the flour mill, which started out as Northland Milling Co., which was actually based out of Minneapolis. And the, the agricultural implement factory called Saskatchewan Manufacturing Company, or SASCA, and their headquarters were on 4th Avenue in Saskatoon. International. Yeah, so cross-border. Yeah, when I think of that time, I really don't think about it in a bigger context than just locally. Like, and when Steph, when you asked sort of, you know, who was, who was coming and who were they advertising to? Never did it occur to me that they weren't just like, Hey, Saskatoon residents come, come to Victoria. That's what I, that's who I was picturing. And, but then, yeah, in retrospect, that doesn't make sense. Like populate your new city with the tiny city beside it. Yeah. So do you, can you talk a little bit about kind of what came next? So early 1914, the owners of the flour mill were negotiating with the city of Saskatoon um, to extend an electricity line to Factoria. At this point, there was no electricity in Factoria, um, and the city estimated the full cost of extending the line would be $5,000. And they asked Factoria to pay $3,000 of that. Um, But unfortunately, at this point, it was too much for the mill to bear. And I don't know if other businesses in the area didn't want to if they also couldn't afford to contribute what was happening there. Um, But at the time, $3,000 was too much money for Factoria to agree to spend. And then, of course, we have August 1914, uh, First World War breaks out. And that changes everything for Factoria. The, The timing and, of course, all the consequences of the war breaking out, um, basically... By 1919, the idea of Factoria is gone. There's still the flour mill there and maybe a couple other businesses, but it's not called Factoria anymore. It's being referred to as North Saskatoon. Hmm. Was there was there anything else to sort of its its decline? Or is the, the story that we know kind of the war sort of catalyzed a, a medium scale failure that just sort of snowballed into its decline into irrelevance, I guess? I, I think really it's the war to blame. You know, some people will talk about how there was this building boom, so there was demand for things like bricks, and then the boom ended, but the boom kind of ended with the start of the war, so it's all really interconnected. No one's building houses when, you know, half the population's off over overseas fighting, um, and the other half is rationing. So there's, things happened. So what happened to Silverwood in all of this? Because it seems like we kind of lose him in the trajectory of the story a bit. Yeah, so there's not a lot of information really about what Silverwood was doing in this time. It seems like the bottling was done. Um, He did own the land of the spring until 1956, which was when he died, Um, at which point it did pass to the Toronto General Trusts Corporation, who were the executors of his estate. They eventually sold land to the city of Saskatoon in 1968, and then the city formally planned development in the 70s, building houses in the 80s, that became Silverwood Heights. But Silverwood was still on the map. There's a Star Phoenix interview with him um, in... September of 1948, where he's recounting what happened with the spring. In that article, Silverwood says he saw people, quote, dying like flies from bad water, end quote. And basically, he talks about how that kind of sparks this idea in his head, like, ah, 
we need clean water. I can make money off this. I too will make contaminated water. (laughs) He and his family had a home in what is now City Park. And that seems to be where they spent most of their time. Um, Silverwood built a, quote, impressive brick home, unquote, on Queen Street in Saskatoon. But uh, all it says is due to a turn in his fortunes, he never moved in. And the house was eventually sold to the Salvation Army. So it seems like Silverwood didn't have great luck throughout his life. He would kind of, it was like a roller coaster, maybe. He'd have his high highs and his very low lows and his luck. Hmm. Turn on his fortunes. This is just, this is total wild speculation. And I don't actually know how old this building was. It's probably nowhere near as old as that. Um, but I was thinking about buildings on like big brick buildings on Queen Street. And I was then then things that could have been sold to the Salvation Army. And I was thinking, I wonder if it was the building that became eventually Bethany Manor on Queen Street, which was sort of a, a home for, as I understand it, a home for sort of like, <laughs> what formerly called like unwed mothers, like young mothers, and and had sort yeah. of uh, actually a very like grim and somewhat racist history, I think. Because um, that was, it was sort of a, right across from City Hospital on Queen Street, just in from the river. It was like a large manor style brick building and I was like oh maybe that's sort of the lineage was like Salvation Army and then to another sort of like charitable or like service organization which was Bethany Manor anyway this is the story I'm making up in my mind maybe this was Billy Silverwood's house I just looked up in the local history room at the Saskatoon Public Library it was built in 1912 and it was owned by the Salvation Army Bethany Manor according to the local history room was owned by the Salvation Army I bet this is the house Oh, and it says, as well as the Billy Silverwood home, it was demolished in 2011. Yes, it was demolished recently. Oh, my God. Yeah. Street so look at you making that connection. Um, I was just going to follow up on, I thought this might be a good time to to once again pre- press the issue of the stairway to nowhere. If we're thinking about um, like bu- buildings and places that still exist, and you mentioned that you could see the foundations of the barn. Are you familiar with... is? If I were to say to you, Factoria, stairway to nowhere, would you know what I was talking about? Or is this like a a sort of weird urban legend that my friend was recalling? There's two possibilities of what I'm thinking could refer to. I've never seen it myself. But so there is, um, there are some remains of other buildings of Silverwood's farm. Hmm. Um, I think the foundations of his farmhouse are still there. Um, so, So I know there are some stairs like low stairs going up there. Sounds And those likely. are still in existence around the where the barn foundation is. I have also heard though that farther south in River Heights area, there was some sort of hospital. I don't know. I've heard it referred to as like an asylum, but there's a lot of urban legends around the hill that was built on with it uh, possibly still having remains. And of course there's rumors of hauntings and things like that. Um, I've never been there myself either, but that as far as I know, does not have anything to do with, with Silverwood. So I think in the context of Factoria, if there's a stairway to nowhere, it would have something to do with Billy Silverwood's buildings. Right. That makes sense. That makes sense. Okay. So my friend's not crazy. He's, there's there's stairs. Probably not. There's stairs. There used to be stairs to somewhere, but no more. Yes. I think like it's it's a low staircase. It's like what three or four or five steps. But yeah, there I I'm pretty sure there are stairs there. 
so you know when we were talking about this episode and when i was doing just like some initial looking around to see what was out there like it seems like kind of a flat history like the all of the local blogs or whatever kind of um, short media coverage or it seems like every now and again somebody discovers this um discovers factoria and gets excited about it and does some like little cursory coverage of it and then just it all just kinds of kind of goes away i guess we were curious about whether or not that's because nothing no further information exists or just nobody's really taking it to the next step. Uh, given our large discovery today using quick database searches, it seems to me like people just haven't really um, taken the opportunity to really dig into this. What do you think? Yeah, I definitely think that there's a lot out there that hasn't been explored about this. I also don't think there's been any archeological digs there. I think there have been surveys, um, like surface surveys, but Based on what I've read, I don't think there's actually been anything done underground, which I think would be like a really cool archaeological project for someone if they ever had funding for it, which is <laughs> always <laughs> the struggle for archaeology. But I was just going to uh, say, yeah, call it to all the neighborhood Silverwood Heights kids to just start digging in their backyards. That's a terrible idea. In looking for more information on this, sometimes I just Google it and you'd always come across there's like, Every year or two, there's a Reddit post like, hey, I found these weird stones um, in Silverwood Heights. Anyone know what these are? And mm -hmm. everyone would be like, oh, yeah, that's like, you know, Silverwood Springs, um, Factoria. And it just doesn't seem to stick in the public consciousness because there's constantly these posts coming up asking the same questions. And I think there's also, yeah, I just think the story itself, there's this vague awareness that there is something with those words tied to them. But no details beyond that, at least for me. Um, and I also think that there's this strong sense that like the springs in Factoria were really tightly related. Um, when I think based on what I've read, it's much more of kind of a happy coincidence that these two things kind of interacted. Like it was this, the water itself was what attracted glass and what attracted silverwood. But I think the, the development of Factoria was fairly independent from the, the development of the springs. When you were describing the sort of where where the local Factoria awareness level is at. It's like, that's how I came into this interview. It was just sort of like a vague idea that there was something called this name. But yeah, it was super interesting to learn so much more uh, about it. Thank you so much for taking the time to do this. Yeah, the Western Development Museum on our website, we have a blog called Museum Stories. And um, as of this recording, a bit over a year ago, we uh, published a blog post going over this in a little less detail than what we went over in the podcast. So that's up and available. I think if you search Silverwood Springs WDM, it should be one of the first results. Uh, yeah, so and there's pictures of the artifacts in there too. That's the other kind of interesting thing is there's the visual element there that you can't really get in a podcast. Yeah, well, okay. thanks again. And get your shovels out, kids. Start digging. Yep, start digging. <laughs> if your parents tell you to stop, tell them why XC sent you. Wow, we know so much about Factoria. Oh my god. Any quick hot takes on Factoria? I feel like those were we just had all the takes, all the takes that we need. I do, I do. I feel like all of the there's just so much like 
COVID and pandemic on the brain that I feel like it was completely impossible not to be like public health, poop in the water, stupid decisions, like just think, thinking about right now. But that's that's sort of neither here nor there. I feel like a few of my dreams are actually crushed by this. Um, no. By this, not in a bad way, but just, you know, I had an idea of what Factoria was, what it aspired to be. I thought it was something more than, you know, kind of like the temperance colony. Like what I, when you hear temperance colony, you think it had this, these grand aspirations. Yeah. And I kind of expected the same when uh, you hear about magic cities, magic cities, even something, even the word Factoria seems a little bit magical. I see. I see what you mean. Like you sort of thought it was more something a little more lofty and ideals based rather than like, it's a business park. It's going to be like, <laughs> so yeah. yeah, no, I agree. And to me, yeah. like when I hear Factoria, I always think about it as this like full, like ultra modern as, as that existed in like the early 1900s. Like I pictured it. Yeah. Like the, to me, the name sounded magical and fancy and grandiose and now when I think about it it sounds like quite utilitarian and dull and maybe that's how it was always intended although it did seem like it was a big yeah it was a big idea but maybe not the kind of big idea like I was picturing like someone wanted to get to the like floating cars point or something yeah like some more of a work 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 togetherness uh to build a better city you know next to the other less better city yeah i thought it was going to be like an industrial utopia i wanted that's yeah that's the word i'm looking for i thought i thought that the idea was that it was going to be like utopian instead it's like you said factoria saskatoon's first industrial business yeah like it really is the precursor to the north industrial zone yeah it is there's multiple histories of factoria then there's the history the history in our hearts and then the history of like Somebody who just wanted to come make money off the water. (laughs) I can't believe that I had so little idea about it for so long. Like that there was like the seed of, oh, there's Factoria, that's a thing. But like how little I did know about it. Because the history is apparently available. It's available, but I I liked how Katie summarized it. Like uh, that it does like arise in like the local um, interest, I suppose, in various ways. But then just like quickly kind of like disappears and... Um, doesn't stick around in our local consciousness and maybe that's because it is just nothing more than a business park maybe a yeah maybe everyone feels deflated after looking into it like oh that's all it is yeah leave us a a review tell us how how deflated you feel five stars for super deflated one star for still feeling okay now I want to go, I, I do want to see these sort of like ruins of old Factoria buildings. That's of interest to me. I would like to see this ghost asylum. I wonder where exactly that is. I'd like to see this barn foundation. I wonder where that is. This seems like a great sort of COVID activity. Just like try to find an old piece of nothing in the North End. <laughs> sounds sounds safe. Sounds distanced. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll do it. Maybe this weekend. Mystery solved? I think so. I think it's I think it's solved. The mystery was like, we don't know anything about this, and now we know it lots, so I feel like it's I feel like it's solved. Mystery solved. Oh,